This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, tonight we're learning with Lili Nishmas Rafal Yaakov, Ben David, Menashe. And your mother? Manya Pesha Bas David. Bas David. Fushalema Tamalka. Okay. Malka Bas? Gloria. Okay, so this week's Pasha is Pasha Mishpatim. What? You have a name? Okay. Zufushlema? Zufushlema? Yeah. Chai Rachel? Devorah Basleya. Devorah Basleya. And Miriam Chayabas. Racha and Rafal. And Moshe Rafal. Ben. Moshe Rafal. Ben. Yafa. What's the name? Miriam Liba? Yeah, Miriam Liba. Basleya. Basleya. Okay, this week's Pasha is Pasha Mishpatim. Mishpatim are laws. Ve'el ha-mishpatim ha-shatasim l'fneihem. The Torah begins in this week's Pasha. And these are the laws that I'm going to put in front of you. Very big Shabbos this Shabbos. Anyone know what we're doing this Shabbos? We're benching Rosh Chodesh Adar. Finally. Because Adar is Mishinichnas Adar Mab B'Simcha. We always wait to get to the month of Adar. Adar is the month of Purim. This year we don't have two Adars. We don't have to wait two, two months. So this Shabbos, I believe that the Rosh Chodesh is Sunday. I know Rosh Chodesh is Sunday and Monday. Right, okay. Rosh Chodesh is a very special holiday for women. I don't know if you know that. Okay, anyway, Adar's coming, so you can relax. Everything is going to be good. doesn't matter who's president. Because <laughs> in Adar, it's been a hapachu, exactly, yeah. Okay. So, it talks about, Mishpatim talks about um, laws between man and man, Ben Omul Chavero, mostly. And it talks, it begins and it talks about an Ebed Ivri. What's an Ebed Ivri? An Ebed Ivri is <coughs> if a man steals money and they catch him. So let's say he stole $10,000 and they caught him. He stole it from a guy's house. Now you have to pay him back, but he doesn't have money. So in the times, in Jewish law, there's no such thing as bankruptcy. I don't have money, I go bankrupt, I don't pay you. No, there's no such thing. You owe somebody money, you got to pay him. So Bezdin, the courts, would sell him as a slave for six years. And let's say that pays back the $10,000. The most they're allowed to sell him for is six years. And all the money that that he gets paid as an Ebed, for those six years, he has to give to the person that he stole from. But an Ebed every a Jewish slave has to be treated very, very specially by the master. So not everybody wanted to have a Jewish slave, but everyone, uh, because if you have only one pillow in the house, you only own one pillow, you have to give it to the Ebed Ivri. So you have to treat him better than you treat yourself. Okay? If, after six years, he doesn't want to leave, and he says, I love my master, this great job. I don't need Hashem. Guy takes care of me, gives me his only pillow, gives me food. I'm secure, I don't got to worry about my next day, what I'm going to do, if I'm going to eat or not, right? So he says, I love my master, and also there's a halacha like this. If, if he's married, right, when he did the stealing, so he works, um, 
but he can't marry a shivcha. In other words, let's say this master also has a maidservant, a, not a Jewish maidservant, but a regular maidservant. So he has the right to ask the Eva to marry the maidservant and the children, and during those six years, let's say she has five children, they belong to the master, and the maidservant belongs to the master. He doesn't get either one of them. Okay, but if he's married, the master can't do, you can't, if the guy's married, he has a wife, you can't make him marry someone else. Okay, so but let's say he says, I love, I like this maidservant. Hey, this is good. I, I, I love my kids that I had with her. And I love my master. I love this job. I want to, I want to stay. I don't want to leave. So Allah is that they take him to Bezdin by the mezuzah and they make a hole in his earlobe like you do it for a, uh, actually it's up here he does it. Um, they make a hole like for an earring. They do it for a girl. They do it by a guy. And I'd say it with a, what is it called? That's a cool word. How do they make a hole in your ear? What is it called? Anyone know? No, there's a word for it. There's an English word for the thing they use to to make the hole. A what? AWL. AWL. Right, very good. Oh, you must have been good at Scrabble. <laughs> right, so anyway, they make a hole in his ear. Huh? We're not up to that yet. A Jewish man could take a guy. How could that be? Oh, okay. So it's not a guy, a shifka She has to keep the, the laws of a Jewish woman. It's not a guy. We wouldn't let him marry a guy. Once she's a shifka in the house, she has to take on the, the laws of a Jewish woman. But she's not a Jew. But she's still not a guy. She's like in between. And if you and and okay, if you're free, there's a lot of halachas. But the point I want to make is that he has his wife. He has his kids. And he was single before he got there. So he leaves. He has to leave. He can't take her out. She stays with the master. She's not really married to her in that way. She doesn't belong to him. She's not, he's not married with like that. Anyway, so he wants to stay. So they, they make a hole in his ear. And then, if they make a hole in his ear, he stays until Yovel. Yovel is every 50 years. So if it was the first year into Yovel, he could stay for another 49 years. If there's only three years left to Yovel, he can only stay for three years. Why do they make a hole in his ear? Why do they make a hole? They should make a hole in his head. But why do they make a hole in his ear? Because at Har Sinai, we were all at Har Sinai, and we heard that the only master that a person should have is God. It's a, it's a very big chisarin, a very big loss in his emunah. The reason he wants to stay is because he knows every day I don't have to daven Hashem. I'm going to get my food. I'm going to have my bed. I'm going to have my job, right? But that's not the way a person's supposed to live. In the, in the, in the midbar, we had the mon. It only lasted for one day. So you, you had no security to the next day. It, it, it dried up. It, it became rotten. It became full of worms. Because we wanted to treat, we wanted to teach the Jewish nation when they were very young, coming out of Mitzrayim, we wanted to teach them a munah. Very beautiful dvatar I heard many years ago. So why'd they call it mon? Not to call it glida. It was sort of like ice. So the Torah says, Manhu, they called it Man, Mahu, because they didn't know what it was. So the question still remains. Okay, they didn't know what it was, but why did they call it Man? If you don't know what something is, call it Glida, call it Lechem, call it, I don't know, why did you pick Man? So the Torah says, Manhu, Mahu, because they didn't know what it is. If you take the word Manhu, Memnun, Hey, right? Vav Aleph, Manhu. 
and you switch around the letters, it spells Amuna. I don't have a here. I'll show you. I'll show you if I have a pen. Here you go. For all those that cannot imagine it, one, two, here, one who. So if you take these letters, one who, Aleph, Mem, Vav, Nun Hey. That's how you spell Amuna. These five letters spell Amuna. They didn't know what it was. So the manhu, they called it man, it's a bread of emuna. Because it never lasted, it never lasted till the next day. And on Shabbos, it didn't come all together. You had to get it on Friday for both days. So, Kalah was being taught that you can't depend on anyone to help you except God. Now this guy's saying, okay, the first six years he had no choice. He stole money. And he had to make up for the money that he stole. He had no choice. He had to work. But you want to stay longer? On your own accord? You're telling them you want to stay longer? It's because you don't have an emuna. You're going to make a hole in your ear. Because that was the ear that by Harsin I heard that Hashem is the master, no one else. Why else do you think they made a hole in his ear? What else did he hear at Harsin I? I know, I'm tired. You can't be as tired as I am. That's... So that's that's one reason. What what else do you think that he heard by Harsinai and he deserves to get a hole in his ear? Oh, very good. She's not so tired. Excellent. He heard in the Torah not to steal. So now you had your punishment. And you worked the six years and you pay, you pay back the person. But now that you're saying, I want to stay longer, means that you didn't think it was such a big... You, no one would say, I want, to be, I want another 40 years of punishment. So by saying I want to stay, you're like, that wasn't really such a bad punishment. It was so good, I want more of it. Oh, you don't feel bad that you stole? You want to stay longer? Make a hole in his ear. Okay. I just want to tell you the facts because it's important in, in my, in my shir to understand. So that's, that's the beginning, first few psukim of Mishpatim. Okay. Now, we know in the Torah there is, there is, there is nigla which means what you see. And then there's nister. There's what's, what's secret. So really, these psukim are saying that. That's the logical, that's the translation. But they're really saying something much deeper. So let me tell you what they're saying. They're saying the following. For six years he works, and on the seventh year he goes free. It's really talking about here the life of a person. The six day, the six years that he works are compared to the sixty years that a person lives. Right? On the seventh year he goes free, because the Torah Dabar Amalek says in Tehillim, Shivim Shana, seventy years. Is the life of a person, today people live a lot longer, right? People live a lot longer. But the normal age in those days, if you made it through 70, you did very well, okay? So he says the following, you have to hear this, is amazing. So it says in the Pasuk, like this. If you buy, if you buy an Ebed Ivri, Sheh Shadam Yavo, it's 60 years, 60 years, 60 years, which he's saying now, the Nister, 60 years, 
He's, you're going to work with Shri Yetzel Chav Shechinam, and in the 70th year, you're going to go back to Shemayim. In Begab Yavo, if a person comes in alone, this is the if you're coming without a wife, you're coming alone, Begab Yetzel, you leave alone. In Balishu, but if you're married, Yetzel Ishta Imo, your wife goes out with you. But if your master gives you a shifra a wife, and you have children, boys or girls, the wife and the children belong to the master. Who and he goes he goes out alone. Okay, he translates this to Avas Chaim. Translates this is totally different, and he says the following. He says you live seventy years. A person If a person comes into this world alone and he doesn't learn Taira and he doesn't do mitzvahs, then he came with nothing, and he leaves with nothing. In Balishahu, if he got married while he was here, Balisha means if he learned Taira and he did mitzvahs while he was here. The thing the only thing a person could take after he dies, right? Is this tyrant as my simtaifim? You don't take, you don't get to take anything else. But let's say during your life, the master that you, that you served was the Yitzhahara and the Satan. If the Satan gives you a wife, so to say, he gives you stuff. And you have all kinds of stuff that you, that you got from him. You got, uh, not, 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 not Asher, they could children, you committed adultery and you had a child, you had a mamzer, but he's talking about, you have products, you have houses, you have all kinds of stuff, right? You spent your life, instead of learning and doing mitzvahs, making money, running after cars and beauty and houses and minks and diamonds and jewelry, right? It, it paid off. You worked hard, and you got all kinds of stuff. Says the Torah, your house, your riches, your jewelry, whatever you have, belongs to the master, belongs to the Yitzhahara, who and you are going to go out without anything. If you're a slave, if you're a slave to your desires, if you're a slave to your desires, which means that you don't know how to say no, you're always saying yes to your desires. I have this, I love this world. It's a party. I'm hanging out. I'm chilling. I'm enjoying myself. I'm doing all the tithes. I'm lust, whatever. I love it. My master, I love the HR. He's great. Came up with an iPhone. Came up with all the movies. Came up with... With Facebook, came up with all this good stuff. I like you, man. You're good. You're a good master. As Ishti Bani, and I love my Yetzirahs and everything that I have. Like Yetzirahshi, oh, you're never going to go out free. You will serve him forever. So it's one thing to do in Avera, ladies. It's one thing to do something wrong. People do things that are wrong. But to say I love it, to say that I enjoy it and I love it and I, wow, this is a great movie, man. We, this is a great party. You say I love it? Says the Pasuk, you will be a servant to your taiva, to your loss. You'll be a servant to your addiction forever.
That's the hidden part of these psukim. That's what he's saying. And now Maschayim brings down amazing marshal. I love this marshal. And he says the following parable. He says like this. He tells the story. He says, one day, this guy gets a message from the king that the king wants to see him right now. And, you know, if the king wants to see you, it's usually your head's going to be chopped off. The king's not calling you to tell you, I want to give you a million dollars. So he got very nervous. He got this message. The soldiers came. They said, by this afternoon, you must be in the palace. He didn't know what he did. And he had four very good friends. Three of them were his posse, were his chevra, was his group. Those three were best friends. They hung out together all the time. The fourth one, he showed up once in a while. So I'm sure all of you have three best friends, right? The three best friends, they hung out, they, they ate together, they traveled together, they talked together, they went to school together. They were inseparable. They were inseparable. And the fourth guy, he wasn't one of the chevra. He showed up every once in a while. All of a sudden, so this guy gets a message, he's got to go to the king. He doesn't want to go alone. He doesn't know how to talk to the king. The shalach, he sends to his best friend a message. Hamelach, shalach, achrai. The king just asked for me. I'm very nervous. Tavayimi, come with me, help me. Amalai. So his best friend in the world, number one, said to him, Listen, I'm only human. I can't go with you into the king. I don't get, if he's chopping your head off, I don't get my head chopped off. So I'll go with you to the outside gate. I'll walk you till the gate of the palace. Okay, I said, that's not what I need. Uh, that doesn't help me. I need you to go to the king with me and tell him what a great guy I am. He goes, I'm not putting my life on the danger for you. I'm not going in front of the king. All right. But he has other friends. So he sent a message to his second best friend. The king sent me, and he wants me to come, and I am scared to go by myself. Come with me. I'm a I don't talk well. I'm not going to be able to talk in front of the king. I need a rouse of a siam. I have a lisp. I stutter. So, but I'll tell you what I'll do for you. You can't go to the king the way you look. You look like a schlep. Since I love you so much, the friend says, I need nice to come Bushim Noam. I'm going to give you nice clothing. At least you look right. You may not, you know, at least you'll die with a, with, with a good clothing on. Like, hello, I'm not going there, but I'll, I'll give you some good suits. Oy vey. So, he said, I'll tell you the truth, that I think they're going to take the clothing off you and keep it after they hang you. But I'll give it to you anyway. That's great. It's just a very nice day from your second best friend in the world. So he goes to the third guy. He says, please help me. No one wants to go with me. I can't go in front of the king myself. He says, I need Yavesh. I'm like a dried up branch. I don't have clothing to give you. I definitely cannot go into the courtyard. I'm not going into the throne room of the king. Oh, my believer, your three best friends turned them down. Huh? Sometimes that happens, you know? You find out who your friends really are. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Oh, my believer, I'm left alone. Well, I left as a I gotta go by myself. So, this poor guy skid out of his wits, 
and now he's got to go to the palace. His three friends are not there. So he's walking towards the palace. The fourth guy shows up, the fourth friend, the guy that only went out with him once in a very in a blue moon, but they were friends. So he asked the guy that was going to the king, Yididi, my love, my friend, where are you going? Why are you going that way? He said, I'm going to the king. Why are you walking alone? Where are your three best friends? Right? You hung around with them. You have a Lila, night and day. Every time I came to visit you to hang out with you guys, you always hang around with the three guys. Where are they? He tells the, the, the friend, each guy, had a, all my three friends had a different answer. But in the day, at the end of the day, they didn't, they didn't come. So the fourth friend says, so why don't you call me? If they turned you down, you should have called me. He says, I was embarrassed, right? Because I don't hang out with you, and I don't chill with you, and you're not my best friend. I made a If the three guys that are always with me, and I would give up my life for them, then they all said, no, you, who I just see once in a while, surely would not go with me. Okay, that's the story. And the guy goes with him. Oh, the nimsho is very sad. The answer, what, what we're saying over here is very sad. He says, People spend all their time doing business, making money, building houses, going to school, getting an education. Right? Why? Because they want to, they want to eat, they want to buy things. And they'll even work at night, and they'll even work where it's dangerous. And if they have an hour, two hours, They'll go and do work. Maybe once in a while they'll open a safer. They'll daven chakras, they'll daven mincha. Maybe once in a while. He said, but all of a sudden on the day of death, all of a Hashem sends a macham of us to take the person's neshama. The king sends a message, you're coming back to the palace. And who's the king? So the man turns around to his family and he says, do me a favor. Come with me in front of the king. Tell Hashem what a good father I was. What a good husband I am. What a good grandfather I am. Talk Hashem to save me. I shouldn't go to Gehenna. So the family says to him, we'll go. We'll go to the grave. We're not only just going to go and sit in, 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 the, in the, the chapel, but we're going to get into our car and we're going to drive out to Jersey. And we're going to go stand by the grave. But, he says, but I need you to go with me to, into the grave. I need you to go with me to Hashem. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't go there. Nobody jumps in. We're not jumping in. you got to go on your own. But we'll take you to the end, to the gate. We're not, we're not, we're human beings. We can't go up to Shemayim, right? We can't go in front of our Baruch Oh my gosh, he says, I spent so much time with my family. I gave you so much time, you can't go with me. No, we can go till the, till the, till the grave. We don't, can't go with you. Okay. You know what? 
I have a better friend than my family. I have a friend that I spent my whole life with. I gave him much more time than my family. My family gave him an hour a day, two hours a day. He said, I gave 10 hours a day. So he turns to his money. And he says to his money and his bank accounts and his safe deposit box and all the hundreds of buildings that he has in the world and all his money. And he says to the money, I gave you my life. The two of us were connected. I looked at my iPhone. I did business. I bought stocks. I was always looking for messages and this and that. And I was in the office early. And I always checked my messages. Ah, I spent more time with you than anyone else. You get Money, you got to go with me to Shemayim. You got to talk to me for Hashem. And the money says, what do you mean? We're money. We don't talk. It's money. We don't talk. Money doesn't, even though money talks. But we don't talk, right? But, the money says, you could use us, the money, the money, you could use us to buy your grave, and you can use us to buy the clothing, tachrichim, that they bury you in. That will do for you, like the second friend, will buy you the clothing that you'll be buried in, will buy you, will pay for the chapel, and will pay for the grave. That will do for you, but we're not, we're not going in front of Hashem for you. Oh, it's too late then. He turns to his houses and his warehouses and his whole business. He says, I spent so much time with you, right? So much time, beautiful house. Took us three years to build it, the painting and, 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 and all the moldings and the carpets and the marble and the kitchen. Come on, I spent three years building this house. Right? Actually, and you were, I spent the time, I love you. We're dried wood. Do we expect us to come to Shemayim to the king? We're, we're marble. We're, we're tiles in the bathroom. We're tiles in the kitchen. We're faucets. We can't go to Shemayim and say anything for you. Alright, what are we going to do? So, he's in big trouble. When they're walking with him to the grave, the Tyra comes to him, his Tyra mitzvah, and they ask the Neshama, where are you going? I'm going to give din in front of God. So the Tyra says to him, oh, it must hurt. Oh, it must hurt so much. The Tyra turns to the Neshama that's leaving the world and says to him, we're your best friends. Where's the stock market, the real estate, the business week? Where's all the time that you spent? Where's your cabin, your money, your accounts, your credit cards? Where are they? We're your best friends. You, had, you were busy all the time. I kept coming to you. I want to talk to you. And you're like, no, 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 I can't live right now. No, 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 I can't have it right now. I'm busy. i got to make a living. So, okay, I hear you. I, I, all right, so where are they? Says the Tyra to the Neshama who's coming to his grave without anything. And the Torah says, The Torah says, why don't you call me? Why are you looking for your family and your money? They can't go to Shemayim. I could go to Shemayim. I could talk for you in Shemayim. Why did not you send for me? I'm a lie. So he answers back to Torah, I had so much time to learn every day. Instead of learning, I went and I did, not, I did stupid things. I played ball, whatever I did. I did stupid things. I wasted time. I learned one hour, maybe two hours. It's too late. 
So he says, that's what the Torah is telling us here in Mishpatim. Mishpatim says, Begapa Yavoy, Begapa Yetzay, you come into this world with nothing. And the Maisa, you walk out of this world with nothing. When I prepared this, you know, as you get older, I met a guy at the Shabbos, he said to me, and Walstein, you're, you're almost, um, 60. And he's 45. So what's the difference between your mindset when you're 45 and when you're 60? He's 45, I'm 60. He wants to know, what's the difference? And I said that, first of all, when you become a grandfather, when you, be, when you become older, you realize that even if Hashem gives you a richas yamim, if you're 60 years old, you're not going to live more than you've already lived. If you're 60 years old, everyone should live till 120, but nobody has, nobody these days lives till 120. So, a major part, let's say 90, right? A person should live to 90, should live to 100, but let's say 90. So that means two-thirds of your life you lived. Right? You're 60 years old, two-thirds of your life you lived. So you have one-third left, and the last third is, you don't have the strength that you had the first two-thirds. So you look back at your life, and you know, if you're good, if Hashem should give you Arich Hashem, you got another third, but two-thirds are gone. And you look back at your life, and most of the time you wasted a lot of time in those two-thirds. So all of a sudden, when you hit 60, or in the high 50s, you begin to think on how to spend my time correctly. It's a very big change, unless you're an idiot, right? If you're an idiot, you just want to play your whole life, so then, then you're an idiot. But if you have any brains in your head, you think, you're 60 years old, you think about, I had 60 years, two-thirds of my life is gone. What did I accomplish? What did I do? How much time did I waste? So when you go into, your, into yourself and you realize how much time you wasted, you're like, for the next 30 years, I'm not going to waste that time. So a lot of people who retire, it's not a good thing. It's a very bad thing to retire. Because when people retire, they do nothing. And the biggest shaita who is already two-thirds into his life, what do you, now, you, now you're going to do nothing? When you only have a third left and you don't have the strength, now you're going to do nothing? Now you've got to do everything. You're going to sit there at the pool and talk and then and, and play a little golf and eat, and then sleep, and then go to the doctor, and you know, Florida, go to this doctor, you go to that doctor, go to this doctor, and your whole life you do, well, hello, you don't have that much time left. So I said to you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're 45, you don't think like that. But as you get older, you begin to, time becomes much more precious. And you try to use your time much more successfully, because you have less time, you have less time. And that's really, that's really the difference, and, and that's a big difference, by the way, how you live your life. You know, you have a chance to be with your grandchildren, with your children. It's very different when you're 45 and you're working and you're playing ball with your friends, and you don't want, you don't want to spend that time with, with, you want to spend that time for yourself. As you get older, you realize that, you know, I'm not going to be here forever, and I, I, I want to be with my kids and my grandchildren, if, if you have any brains in your head. And that's what the, that's what the, that's what the is saying over here. The Begapo Yomai Begapo Yetzai. You come in with nothing, you go out with nothing. The only thing, only thing you have is what you did in between. You can't take money. You can't even take family. 
you're really very lonely. A person I was thinking about this, I think about this a lot. No matter how many friends you have, no matter how big a family you have, at the end of the day, you're alone. You're alone because you're born alone. And when you go to the next world, you're alone. You got to go through your judgments, whatever you got to go through. It's you. You stand in front of Bezdin. It's you. Yes, the family's up there and everything, and they're watching. But you got to own up to your stuff. It's you. It's very serious. You have to own your stuff. And one of the biggest problems that we have in our generation is that people don't own their stuff. They blame it on everyone and they think they're going to come to Shemayim in front of Hashem and they're going to say, it's my mother's fault, it's my brother's fault, it's my sister's fault, it's my therapist's fault, it's everybody else's fault. And Hashem's like, no, I gave you the tools. And no matter what you're going to say, God's going to bring someone who's going to prove that it's not true. The Gemara talks about, I don't remember all the names, but the Gemara talks about um, this person comes up and he did many Averis, this man did many Averis with women. Many Averis. So as they answered him, Bezin Shomayla, what's your excuse? And he said, God created me beautiful. He created me so handsome, so uh, it's not my fault. Who told you to create me so handsome? So they pull out Yosef. And there was no one ever as handsome as Yosef. Yosef was so beautiful. Yaakov's beauty is on the Kisar covered of Hashem. So, Rabbi Shmuel Kohen Gadol, who was a Gilgal of Yosef, the Gemara says, that when the Malachim saw Rabbi Shmuel Kohen Gadol, he was so beautiful, that they said he has a part of the beauty of God. Whatever that means, that's got to be like really beautiful. And he was only a Gilgal of who Yosef was. And Potiphar's wife said, that he's so beautiful, that when the girls were sitting around looking at him, they were cutting their fingers off without knowing it. They were, they were supposed to be cutting a shrug and they were cutting the tips of the fingers. The blood was... That's how beautiful he was. So the person who comes up and says, Ah, Shane, you made me handsome. All the girls chased me. Really? Here's Yosef Itzali. Next guy comes up and says, I didn't believe... I, I didn't dive in and do anything because I was so ugly. And all the kids made fun of me and all everything else. And I, Shane would bring up someone who was much uglier. I don't, I don't know all the different... Then a guy says, I was very, very rich. So you made me so rich. So I was very busy doing Averis. So Hashem brings, I don't know where I'm, maybe it's Rebbe or whoever he brings. He says, he was much richer than you. And then he says, uh, I was very poor. And then he brings this very poor man that had nothing to eat, whatever it was. And he also, and he never did Averis. So, so whatever your excuse is going to be, somebody in this world is going to have the same situation as you and didn't sin. You're going to own your stuff. At the end of the day, after 120 years, with all the psychology and stuff in the world, and twisted parenting, and it's everyone's fault, and every, at the end of the day, they're going to blow that out the window. You're going to stand up there, and you're going to say, it's my therapist, my father, my mother, you were abused, they'll show you someone who was more abused, who didn't go off the derach. You're going to say, I had a hard life, they'll show you a million Jews that came out of the Holocaust. That didn't go off the derech. You go, I went off the derech. They said, yeah, what about her? She lost this. She, went, ah, she, went. she was six years in Auschwitz. She didn't go off the derech. And you, the teacher, wasn't nice to you. So you went off the derech. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You got to own your stuff. At the end of the day. It's a Gemara. So we're living in a generation where people really don't own their stuff. In my generation, pretty much it was your fault all the time. And I was brought up that if the teacher is wrong, the teacher is right. 
How could that be? The teacher's wrong, the teacher's right. The teacher's wrong. Could be they're wrong. But being that they're in a position of power and they're your teacher, you got to accept it. The cop stops you and he says you're doing this and that and he's wrong. You're going to mouth off to him. You're going to go to jail. So you can go to court and you can get your, 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 your lawyer and you can try to win. Pretty much 90, 99% of the time you will not win. But he's a cop. So you can't start screaming and yelling at him. And you can't start driving and saying, that's it, I'm done. He gave me a ticket I wasn't supposed to do the rest of the way. I'm going to speed, I'm going to take off my seatbelt, I'm going to go across the road. I'm go- You're going to get 100 tickets, they're going to put you in jail and lock you up. Because at the end of the day, he's a cop. So you got to go through the process. And you got to get a lawyer, and you got to go to court, you probably lose anyway. It's very important. So this passing, this Pasha, Mishpatim, it talks about Two different kinds of servants. One comes in empty, and Bal Isha, he learns Torah and does mitzvahs, so the Yatsa Ishta Imo, he goes to Shemayim, and when the Malachim start up with him, all his mitzvahs and all his chesed and everything comes into the room and defends him. And the person who has no defense because he didn't do any mitzvahs, and he's busy, I love my master! I love the Yitzhahara, man! Created Apple! This is amazing! I got Facebook, I got Twitter, I got movies, I got everything. I love him. Wallace, you don't understand, when you were growing up, you had nothing. Look what we have today. Crazy stuff. We can watch anything we want, anywhere we want. I love it. I love my drugs. I love my alcohol. I love my guys. I love all this stuff. I have to. He said, don't. I love my master, my wife, my children, all the stuff that I have, all the stuff I put together from the, from the HR. He goes out alone, says the Pasuk. But Yetzirah, you leave the Chavshi alone, and the mat, and all the stuff you got, all the goodies, the 55-inch television, that all stays here. doesn't go with you. doesn't go with you. Nothing goes with you. Except your Torah mitzvahs. I have a lot more to say tonight, but it's going to be a very short share, because I have to go away. But I want to end with, uh, I want to end with the story that I heard many, many years ago. I don't think I ever said it here. I said it to my boys maybe 15 years ago. Just to give you a picture. So, there's a guy in Israel, he's called the chicken man, whatever. He collects money to give chickens to, to poor people. And he told me all of this story. So, there was this man who was very, very wealthy. And every Rosh Hashanah, before Rosh Hashanah, he would give $10,000. That's a lot of chickens. You gotta figure a chicken is about six bucks. It used to be five, six dollars. Let's say, let's say five dollars. So what is, how many chickens does that buy you? Let's do some quick math. Two chickens is ten dollars. Twenty chickens is a hundred dollars. Right? So we're talking about 2,000 chickens times $5. Now, he gave the tzedakah before Rosh Hashanah. The chickens were used for Yantif. After Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur for Sukkot, they were used for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot. He was the biggest donator. And they came to him one year and he had no money. He lost all his stuff in real estate. He was very poor. And all he had left, he had no bank accounts, no stocks, no nothing. 
He had $10,000 cash in his house. That was his, to buy food to. And they came to him, it was Matzei Rosh Hashanah, Matzei Rosh Hashanah. And they came to him, they didn't know they lost all his money. And they said, can we get the $10,000 for the chickens for, 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 for circus? Yeah, I can't do it. I don't have money to eat. I have nothing. I can't give you anything. And they were like, it's shocked. They didn't know. They were sorry for coming. We didn't know. We didn't hear. You know, you had this terrible... You, you, he, he, actually, he went into some kind of scam where they scammed him from all his money. So they're walking out the door and his wife comes running out of the kitchen. She says, give him the $10,000. He says, Sarullah, that's all we have left. She goes, Shefullah, listen to me. Give him the $10,000. You do this every year, Hashem will help us. Okay? Your wife tells you to do it, you do it. Right? The Gemara says there's three things you listen to your wife. doesn't mean only three things, but these three things you listen to your wife if it doesn't make sense. Specifically, if it doesn't make sense. One, where you should live. In other words, you go to a house. I went house shopping many years ago with my wife. I walked into this house. It was my dream. I said, Esther, we got to buy this house. She looked at the house inside. She came outside. She goes, I don't like it. I'm like, what don't you like about it? It's great. It has a bigger kitchen than we had. I don't know what I don't like about it. Just, I have bad vibes. It's not a good house. Hello? What do you, what do you mean it's not a good house? You're a Makubal? Like what? You became a Makubal? I mean, it's not a good house. I don't have a good feeling. Gamora says, listen to her. Where you should live, listen to her. Number one. Number two, friends. Go to shul, make friends with this guy. He's like the greatest guy. He's got deals. And you know, and, and your wife's like, I never met, bring, bring them over for Shabbos. They come over for Shabbos. And what's the Shabbos? She tells her husband, there's something wrong about him. There's something about him I don't like. Oh, come on. You just did this with the house. Now you, now you became a couple on guys. Come on, he's the nicest guy. Everybody in Shul wants to be his friend. I know. I don't like that. I, I can't tell you he didn't eat with his hands. I can't tell you he didn't, he didn't curse at the table, but he just gives me the creeps. I get, I got goose pimples when he walked in. That sounds so ridiculous. Like he, you, you're not his friend. I'm his friend. You know what it says? Listen to her. He's not good for you. And the third thing would, I'd be a very rich man today if I were to listen to the Gemara is investments and business. Right? You want to go into, you want to buy a stock. And you have, you have information. And you're all excited. You come home. We're going to make a million dollars. I have information. I'm going to buy it. She's like, no. I don't think the stock is good. What are you talking about? I studied the stock. You're a stockbroker? What are you talking about? Well, I don't think that real estate. You want to buy that building. It's why that building is so cheap. I don't know. There's a reason it's cheap. I don't like it. What do you mean? You went to real estate school? What are you talking about? I got the biggest guys. You know what it says? Listen to her. That... When it doesn't make sense, it's a woman's intuition. When it comes to a woman's intuition, I bought so many stocks, I lost so much money. My wife, every single time, said, Zachariah, don't buy that. I'm like, no, you don't understand. And then my friend, my dear, said, that, 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 that. Wow, if I would have listened to her, I wouldn't have to work ever in my life. So what does that have to do with this story? She says, give him the 10000 So he gives it to him. And that night, he has a dream. How do I know? Because the next morning he called up these guys, the chicken guys, and I happen to know the chicken guy. So that night he has a dream. He calls them up, Mamish, the next morning he's shaking. And they're like, 
What happened? He said, I had a dream that I was in Shemayim, or Shoshana, and I was being judged. And there were a couple of things this past year that I did that I shouldn't have done. He said, and the way it works is that the, the angel, the Satan, who's the prosecuting angel, gets up in front of Bezdin, and he says every single sin that you did, and they write it down, and they do their judgment. He says, so my Malach came, and the, and the Satan came in his dream, he sees the Satan, and the Satan gets up and says, Yisrael ben Miriam, it's now time for judgment. And he's about, the Satan's about to say all the bad things he did, and the good angel opens what seems to be, in his dream, a window. And in through the window comes 2,000 chickens. And they're making such a ruckus. And they're, buck, 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 but 2,000 of them, making so much noise. The Satan is trying to say what he did wrong, and you can't hear a word he's saying. And he keeps trying to say it, and the chickens are making his dream. And the chickens are making more noise, and more noise, and more noise. And finally, the Satan says to Bezdin, listen, I got so many more people to prosecute. If this, if you're not going to throw these chickens out of this room, then let's just get to the next person. And Bezdin says, we can't throw the chickens out of the room. These chickens were given for tzedakah to poor people. He said, and they stamped l'chaim. Because if there's no prosecution, you can't do anything. And he woke up. And he turned to his wife and he said, you just saved my life. You just saved my life. What you take to the next world is your good deeds. And the Torah that you learn and the tefillah that you pray. And if you pray a lot, then when he tries to prosecute you, there'll be a lot of noise in that room. A lot of tefillah in that room. And if you give tzedakah, there'll be a lot of chickens in that room. And if you learn Torah, there'll be a cold Torah in that room. But if his, if in Ishtai, if he, if while he was there, he was a Baal Isha, what does it say? In Baal Isha, who Ishtai But if he, he spent his life, his 90 years in the world, or his 100 years in the world, and he's a Baal Isha, he, he got married, he did mitzvot, he learned Torah, he did what he's supposed to. Then we got to Ishtayima, his wife, his Torah, his mitzvot, to go with him. But if he was busy gathering stuff, that he's going to have to leave to the master, to the sattva. And he'll go out alone, he'll go out without anything. At the end of the day, money, which is what we go to school to make, which is what we, we spend most of our life making, is called, you know what it's called? In Gemara Lashen? Zuzim. Money is called Zuzim. You know why it's called Zuzim? Zuzmi po v'alach po. It goes from one to the next. Money never wants to stay in the same place. So it goes from left to right to left to right. person has all this money, he dies, who gets it? His kids. What do they do with it? They lose it. Or someone steals it. Or the government gets it. Right? It's not yours. Nothing is yours. In this world, nothing is yours. The only thing that's yours is your Torah and your mitzvah. It's a very interesting thing. A big rabbi in Yisrael said, what you give to others in this world is yours. What you think is yours when you leave the world, it's given to others. 
The only thing you own is what you give away. What you keep is not yours. How do you know? Because in the end of time, it's taken away from you. You can't take it with you. If you can't take it with you, then it's not yours. The car is not yours. The money is not yours. The dress is not yours. The jewels are not yours. The house is not yours. It's not. How do I know? What do you mean I lost it? It's mine. No, it's not. Because at any second when God wants, he's going to take you away. You can't take it with you. If you can't take it with you, then it's not yours. But God tank, will not take away the mitzvahs and the chesed that you do. So it's just the opposite of what you think. The Chavetz Chaim got up by a speech and he said that if Hashem wants, he got up in Europe in a shul, a more modern shul, he said, if God wants, he could take away your money, all your money, in one second. After the shir, a, 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 a rich man came to the Chavetz Chaim he said, Rabbi, I, I respect you, but what the, com- the comment that you made that you can lose all your money in one second is not true. Chavetz says, why not? He says, I own 17 banks in 17 different countries. When one bank is open, the other one's closed. It's at night. When the other one, so they're not all open at the same time. So there's no way that in one moment I could lose 17 banks. They're all in different countries. So the Chavetz Chaim looked at the man and said, who said that God's going to take the money away from you? Who said God's not going to take you away from the money? And that only takes one second. Person dies, he has no more money. She says, I didn't say that God's going to take the money away from you. You can lose all your money in one second. You have a heart attack and you're dead. You don't have any more money. The guy said, Oh, that's why you're the Chavetz Chaim. <laughs> we should all have a Richas Yamim. And after 120, we should be Shiach. There shouldn't be any after 120, but after 120, we should be able to make so much noise in our room with all the mitzvahs and beautiful things and all the tefillah and all the davening that you say and all the words that you say, you should be able to make every single year by, by Yom Kippur Rosh Hashanah so much noise in that room that the Sutton's like, okay, get her out of here. Forget about pressing charges over here. Let's get to the next one. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.